It's tough being a teen, and it's even tougher when you're saving the world but still have to be home in time to finish your algebra homework. On today's episode, Mikey wonders about Super Scroll technology, Charlie doesn't know how robots work, and we get to the final arc of Young Avengers Volume Number 1. And welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they-them pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I use he-him pronouns. And this is episode five, after a somewhat, I don't, I don't say, um, unexpected break. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back. Well, uh, we had we had the winter episode, holiday yes, special. We, we did have a holiday special. Xmas which, special. Xmas special, which was very fun, and I like doing it a lot, and everyone else liked it too, so that was very good. Yeah, and thanks again to everyone that sent in questions for that. I know I thanked everybody on Twitter, but the questions were a lot of fun, so I really yeah. appreciated it. No, they were a really good time, and everybody loved the answers to them, and everybody loved the um, ridiculousness of me attempting to figure out um, the plot of two comic books that I've never read before. I also learned that apparently at some point all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had red bandanas, which just completely threw me off, and I refused yeah, to believe it. the more you it. know. Yeah, I, I actually refuse to believe it. <laughs> the one thing I do kind of want to say, um, I think Everett Christensen pointed out in our Discord that I made a bit of an oops that I'd like to own up to, and uh, Eli and his family most likely don't celebrate Christmas because I did not realize that not just his uncle, but his entire family is most likely Muslim, um, or at le- the very least not Christian. So um, they most likely celebrate Kwanzaa, but probably not Christmas. So Kwanzaa's joyous too. Mm-hmm. But there's no Santa. There is no Santa, no. I hecked up, so. Well, that's always good to do. It's just make a mistake, come back, you fix it. We move on from there. Yeah, that's my that's my New Year's resolution. I don't really do New Year's resolutions. What I do instead is like, you know, just things I want to live by. And, you know, one of them is not being afraid when people are like, hey, you messed up. Yeah. As long as someone brings it to you in a constructive way and not a destructive way, that is also something that matters a lot. My New Year's resolution today, because it is New Year's Day, um was to um, control my portion sizes when I'm eating, and then I ate four waffles this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it happens to the best of us. It was, in my my defense, there were, they were tiny waffles, like, my friend had a tiny waffle maker that he got, and he just kept putting them on my plate, and I was like, I want What you're saying is they were waffles for ants, and it's okay (laughs) that you ate that many of them yes i think together they might have equaled up probably two regular size waffles so i think we're still we're still good i haven't i haven't gone over the edge so to speak yeah you were just eating like doll waffles it's fine <laughs> yes okay that was creepy but um moving, <laughs> is it creepy <laughs> i just thought about a haunted doll eating waffles that's why <laughs> Okay. Okay. I can't think fair. about dolls unless I think about haunted dolls. Well, and that's just where my brain goes. I played so much PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds last night 
on New Year's Eve, because that's what I did, that I dreamed about like getting a win by myself. And then today I got my first win where I like substantially contributed to the win and didn't just sit and like have it be that someone else got it for us, basically. We don't call that a dream. We call that a premonition. Maybe your mutant um, power is probably coming into fruition. <laughs> God, that's that's the the stress. Can you imagine a mutant that like got their powers because the stressful event that triggered them was like video games? I can't imagine that. I'm gonna have to write that down for uh for future use. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Put that away. Keep that away. I mean, it's got it had to have happened at some point. I digress. Because we are finally going to talk about my favorite, probably my favorite four issues of Young Avengers ever. Not today. We're going to break them up into issue nine and issue 10. And then next week we will do issue 11 and issue 12 that ends the first volume of Young Avengers. But those four complete this arc called Family Matters. And it's probably my favorite. I'm going to have to say it is my favorite. I don't know. It's going to be really fun to talk about it. I'm glad we're here because we've been trying to not spoil stuff, even though this is like retro in the past, like trying not to spoil things that have happened like a long time ago. But there are lots of people that listen and they don't know what's going on. So I wanted to preserve the like integrity of integrity of these issues as a whole for them. So I hope you enjoy these as much as I do. The story is not finished in these issues. We probably won't talk about what finishes all this up, or at least some of the questions raised at the end of this entire volume, until a later date. Yeah, I think uh, I think we did talk about how in the beginning, like a lot of stuff that comes out of this uh, Young Avengers Volume One isn't resolved until much later, uh, when yeah. Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung actually come back to finish what they started with Volume One, um, because of uh, if you recall several episodes back. I talked about how Alan Heinberg left first Marvel and then comics entirely to go to television and film. And that kind of interrupted the the flow of uh, the story that they were trying to tell. Because I think had they had he stayed on and not gotten something that obviously probably paid a heck of a lot more money than comics writing did, that he would have had a Young Avengers volume two that was written by Alan Heinberg. Do you think that the Children's Crusade would have been volume two? It wouldn't have been. I think so. I think so. It would have been a nine issue volume and not just like a nine issue mini. I mean, it could have been expanded and maybe some of the stuff that ended up being in presents could have been touched on too. Um, The only thing is then it would have come out at a very different part in the Marvel chronology, which would have been interesting because I know I think like a lot of the things that you liked about Children's Crusade in particular uh, would not have happened or would not have happened in the same way. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Uh, because of the way it worked with timing with what was going on with the mutants. Yeah, no, and I, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't want to cut out that part of Children's Crusade at all. So yeah. So one thing I did want to do, because I said um, we were going to do it on Twitter, is I wanted to give an overview of what happened in kind of the last couple issues and then as well in the special. Yes. Uh, maybe without touching too heavily on some of the the stuff that might be a little bit tricky to listen to in case folks skip those episodes because of that subject matter. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it makes sense too because it leads into uh, what's happening at the start of issue nine. So in the previous couple issues, 
uh, we actually learned that um, Eli did not, in fact, have super soldier powers. It was all a ruse that he had constructed, and Captain America kind of called him out on it, or went to his family and called him out on it, and his aunt said, you know, the way he told you that story was impossible, and it turned out that he was using uh, a drug called mutant growth hormone to give himself uh, super soldier-like powers. And so there was a whole arc with that that I'm not going to go over into gory detail, uh, but what the culmination of that arc, that two-issue arc, was, was that Eli left the Young Avengers, and thus the Young Avengers were disbanded. Yes, feeling ashamed and downtrodden. He left the Young Avengers. Yeah, it was not a good time. That was rough. About a week or so after that, Kat Farrell, our best friend, our BFF reporter friend. Oh, yeah. Kat Farrell from the Daily Bugle was harassing Jessica Jones to get her an exclusive interview with these kids because Jessica has the superhero insider info. And Jess was like, can you just leave them alone? I'll take care of it. I'll talk to them. I'll see if I can't get you that information, but let me talk to them first. And so Jess kind of went around to each of the kids and found out what their backgrounds were and kind of why they got into superheroing and why it was important to them. So we learned, for instance, that that Cassie, all she wanted, and we saw that in, in the issue prior, all she wanted was to find out how her dad died and she'd actually been hanging around Stark Industries offices trying to get a hold of Tony Stark to ask him what happened and... Her mom and her stepdad actually dissuaded her from doing that, so she packed up to run away from home, and that was actually where we caught her at her introduction at the beginning of uh, Volume 1, and then Teddy had actually started to shapeshift because he had a really shitty friend that he may or may not have had a crush on, and as you do when when you're gay, sometimes you don't know whether you want to like be the person that you have a crush on or be their friend or, you know, date them or whatever. And kind of trying to grapple with those feelings, found out that this guy was a bit of a jerk and was totally manipulating him to get what he wanted and was going to steal from the Avengers mansion. And Teddy stopped him and then Iron Lad came to find him. Yep. And Billy had some issues with bullying at school and he was kind of camped out outside Avengers Mansion, just kind of moping, or maybe trying to find, maybe just, just reflecting on what was going on. With um, a big bloody nose. With a big bloody nose and a black eye, um, when the Scarlet Witch found him, and they had a conversation where Billy said it would always just be easier if I had powers, and she told him not to think like that, and the next time something happened, to stand his ground, because the more that people try and tell you what to do and the more that you listen to them the harder it gets for you so he went back to school and did not really heed that advice no didn't really heed that advice and kind of managed to avoid the bully but when he saw somebody um getting bullied instead of him he had to step up when he discovered that he actually had powers and almost killed the bully that was you know threatening him and this other kid and then You know, after that incident, he went back to the Avengers mansion. But by that time, um, the Avengers had disassembled and Wanda was gone. But who was there was Iron Lad. Lad. So that's how he got into the team. And then then we talk about Kate. (laughs) 
Yeah. Kate had uh, talked a little bit about her family. Uh, her mom had recently passed away from cancer and left her dad um, to get even more distant and throw even more of himself into his company, Bishop Publishing. And the only person that was really close to her in the family was her sister, who, even though they didn't see eye to eye, they still supported each other wholeheartedly um, as, you know, kind of both dealing with the death of their mom very differently. Um, but Kate actually had uh, an incident where she got uh, assaulted. And so it showed her kind of trying to deal with the aftermath of that and heal. And her method of healing was both going to therapy and learning self-defense. Um, and she decided to be a hero because she wanted to make sure no one else would ever have to go through that. Or at least maybe she could prevent it from happening to a few people along the way. So that's her impetus to be a superhero. And then we had to learn more about Eli's story, even though... It was basically just a retread of what had yeah. happened before. And also, like felt a little weird considering some of the character beats that he'd even had prior um just got beat up and decided that he hated his grandpa and maybe it was all a ruse and then ended up starting to take mutant growth Drugs. hormone like yeah before. I, not not a we're leaving that in the dust where it belongs yeah <laughs> let's just say that so if you don't already know um i will recap for you because it's been a little bit who's on this team uh the members of the team are billy kaplan his codename is wiccan he has reality altering uh magic magical powers and lightning abilities we have teddy altman who is a shapeshifter he goes by hulkling and also has super also has super also has super strength which we'll learn quite a bit about teddy coming up here um, we also have Cassie Lang, who is stature and is Ant-Man's daughter, and Ant-Man is currently not alive, and she can also grow really big and shrink really small. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> also, um, we have Kate Bishop, who still has no code name, but she is Hawkeye and will be Hawkeye, and I think she gets her code name at the very end of this story and she doesn't have any powers but she's real good with a bow yeah and it's not really a spoiler i think that her codename oh, is hawkeye no. considering that's how most people know who she is now because of yeah. the series hit series by matt fraction hawkeye hawkeye yeah and um on this cover of young avengers number nine but i'm gonna say my least favorite young avenger <laughs> is the vision kid vision if you will. And he is a synthesoid man. Boy. Man boy. And he... Man uh, boy child. <laughs> and he can phase through stuff. But also is super smart. So on this cover to issue number nine, Teddy's looking a little bit ominous as he kind of like looms over um, Eli, Kate, and the Vision with Billy and Cassie floating kind of in, in the, the background. background. These, these covers... The more I'm looking at them, the less dynamic they get. Like, yeah, they're all least, basically well, nine the and same. Ten. Eleven and twelve are pretty 
dynamic and good, but these are definitely like this is the the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it of, really is, isn't it? The covers of this <laughs> this arc. I mean, I like the Empire Strikes Back. It's one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but it's definitely one of the like interstitial ones where a lot of people yeah. don't like it because things get started and they don't get resolved. People don't like Empire Strikes Back. I don't think so. Like everyone always talks about like the middle one of the trilogy. Like there's some people that don't like Knights of the Old Republic too because it raises all these questions and then they never get resolved because it was the num- the middle of a trilogy. We never get you get never got a third. People don't like the middle of things. They like the start and they like the end. I mean, like obviously there's people. Well, I that- guess that's true with this too. I really don't like the middle of this either. <laughs> See? Um, I See? don't. Yeah. No, but that's just because the art was weird and the story was bad. Like, art was weird, story was bad, uh, my appetizers were a little cold. 3.5 out of 5 stars. <laughs> but the desserts were okay. All right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, these are kind of just all mock-ups of the same kind of, car- uh, same kind of like, cover? Like, they just kind of put the characters in a bunch of different poses and, like, here you go. The art's wonderful. Jim Chung's art is always great. And everyone's rendered lovingly, but... I don't know. They just kind of seem like flat. Looks like I hang this on my wall. Maybe that's what you want to do with it. But it looks like a. That's what it looks like. It looks like a print. Yeah. Like, or like a really really boring mixtape cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But regardless, we do start this issue with a news broadcast that we are not really seeing we're only hearing it in the speech bubbles and we know it's an it's a news broadcast because they speech bubbles have little little what'd you call those wavy lines like they're like, like a radio beep, broadcast beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah exactly so i think that's kind of cool that was a really cool touch but they have them there and basically the news conference is or the news story is telling them that the young avengers are broken up and Cap said that their hearts were in the right place, but because of their youth and inexperience, that Iron Man and he are supporting their decision to disband. Yeah, and we actually start out the issue with Eli turned away from a wall full of family photos that are in shadow, kind of like he doesn't want to face them, which I think is a really good indicator of where Eli's uh, heart and mind are at right now. Yeah. And he's kind of looking over his grandpa's shoulder and his grandma basically asks him, are you going to come home right after school? And he tells her that he's got to, you know, work at the reference desk with the library. And she comes back and says, well, if you if I call the library, will you be there? And I mean, she's she has a legitimate reason for not trusting. him. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, you know, it's it's just showing him that, like, you know. Like, you lying has not made anything better. Never does make yeah. anything better, yes. Yeah, not really. No. Um, only delays the inevitable. And as soon as he says, don't worry, Grandma, I'll be there, we zoom into a paper, like a, a newspaper that says, Young Avengers, no more, question mark. So, that's where we are with Eli. We go next, to kind of the next panel and pages are Cassie and Cassie's mom, who I dislike wholeheartedly at this point. Yeah. She kind of like, so she's kind of tightening control and like her grasp around Cassie is 
her way of responding to what happened and she's definitely the sort that like when she feels like she's losing control of a situation her instinct is to like tamp down on everything which is never the way to deal with human beings ever especially not your children but is also something that real people do in real life so i like that like i don't like her but i think it's realistic to have this situation yeah and while they're dri- while she's driving cassie to school they hear a another news like bulletin over the radio that somebody is basically threatening to jump out a window of a very tall skyscraper somewhere and yeah, the flat iron really building wants- which is a real yeah, building it- yeah, and Cassie wants to get out of the car and like go, like and go save him, but she basically says no. Like I can just and stroll the, up and there then the and police be big. are going to be there to fix everything. Yeah, because the police always fix everything just fine, right? It's fine. Yeah, it's great. And that the only place she's going to be going is school, and bakes, basically makes her promise that she'll come home right after school and that she's going to pick her up. And it's, Cassie wants it's to take the subway because that's how normal people get around in New York City. But no. Her mom's going to pick her up. Can you imagine, like, the morning commute? Like, she's driving Cassie to school in Stuyvesant. Oh, so Cassie goes to Stuyvesant, which is actually a science and technology high school that you have to apply to get in. I believe it's technically public, but you have to apply and go through, like, a battery of tests and then get accepted into the school. So Cassie's not you know like unintelligent but also it's a lot i think that her mom is driving her to school in the middle of new york city oh yeah yeah nothing that should be happening yeah it's kind of ludicrous but (laughs) but that's where they are which is unfortunate and then we get billy who's riding his bike to school in the heavy traffic (laughs) um and basically He's hearing the same, I don't know how he's, oh, he's listening to his earphones, his earbuds. He's listening to his earbuds. Yeah. He's hearing the same, like, radio earphones. Okay. Uh, (laughs) He's listening to his his earbuds and he's hearing the same, like, he's listening to NPR? Where is he getting this information? Okay, never mind. Um, I mean, like, I had an MP3 player back around this time that had a FM radio mode that you could tune it into the radio. As well okay. as listen to MP3s on it. It had a little antenna in it. Listening to the radio. All right. Okay, listen, Billy. Sometimes. But he's listening to the radio and hears the same broadcast. And he actually sees the man jump out the window and basically starts casting a spell. And before he can actually finish it, Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, as you would know her as Captain Marvel now, um, mm-hmm. flies in and saves him. And they say, thank God for superheroes. Otherwise, we'd never get to work on time because that's the important thing when someone's having like a crisis in their lives is whether you get to work on time or not. But he does. He does also start casting a spell saying he wants to get to he wants to get to school on time. (laughs) Yeah. Billy's ability to reprioritize his magic is really good here. It's like, I'm going to save this person. Oh, crap. Uh, Maybe actually get to school fast. Go, go, go. (laughs) It's very good. And then Kate is also looking at the the newspaper with the topic of the day. And she has a voice come from behind her saying, put the paper down and turn around slowly. When you're distracted, you leave yourself open to attack. And lately you're distracted all the time, Miss Bishop. I'm concerned. Uh, 
heck you dude like yeah listen exactly she just got to school she's not allowed to read the newspaper that's i guess well she probably got it on the way to school but still and like going and then she like kicks the crap out of her fencing instructor and just Basically. walks away yeah and it's like a good thing i don't embarrass easily yeah big like, mood big mood exactly yeah, good thing I don't embarrass easily. And then she just kind of, like, walks out because she's, like, done. She's super done. Very big mood. We have Teddy, who's just making his way downtown, walking not so fast. And <laughs> he's actually also not homebound. He's school No, he's probably school bound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have someone screaming off panel, he stole my purse. And so... He does like the zoop, his arm gets really long, and he grabs the guy on the shoulder and it says, excuse me, sir, but that purse really doesn't go with your shoes. And then the guy's like, who are you? And then Teddy's like, oops, and changes his face into Mr. Fantastic and says, you're under arrest just as soon as I find a police officer. Yeah, totally. I'm totally Mr. Fantastic. Mm, don't. Mm, it's fine. <laughs> I love, I love Teddy. Yeah. And then <laughs> Billy definitely oh. calls him on it, or someone calls him on it from off panel, and he gets kind of like a sheepish look on his face. I as think he it's, walks it's Kate. Up. Yeah, it's probably Kate as, as he walks up to the rest of the Young Avengers. Yeah, and basically they were all trying to, like, lay low, but, you know, as we just saw with all those, like, introductions, none of them, you know, none of them who heard that someone was in trouble or knew someone was in trouble could stop from helping and that's kind of what that all illustrated there and they kind of have a conversation about it yeah i love how teddy is a shapeshifter but he is probably like the least subtle of all of them yes and admits as such which is really great when you have a shapeshifter that has no ability to be subtle at all well not right (laughs) now at least yeah not not at this point in time um because, you know, for a while, I don't think Teddy was really using that ability. Just based no. on some things well, that were ha- had happened, you know. Yeah, and, um, I think because of all those experiences that he had had with the shitty dude. Um, his name, by the way, is Greg. Uh, he's yeah, such a Greg. Greg. Greg equals bad. Yeah. Unless but, uh, your name is Greg. And if it, that's the case, then be We appreciate you for listening. And I'm sorry that you share Greg, a name with this you. asshole. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, um, but, you know, they go into a conversation once they all sit on the steps, then basically say that they've been trying to figure out what to do, and they've been trying to get a hold of Eli, but he doesn't call back, and he doesn't return texts or emails, and So they're staging that's a friend why, intervention. Yeah, they're staging a friend intervention, because they're all sitting on the steps and waiting for Eli to walk into school, which he does, and promptly tells them that he can't be a hero because he lied to everybody, and he was only pretending, and he doesn't, like, basically belong with them, and... Well, so, so I think this is, like, I don't think this is in the morning when they meet up with him. I think they're all meeting up after school. After school? Okay. So, I think this is actually at the library. Oh, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're so totally right. they're waiting for him outside the library to stage this friend intervention. I guess... I guess it's a good place as any. Because Cassie specifically says that she was very close to skipping school, but did not. So I have to assume 
that she did yeah then it's def- then it's definitely after school yeah but you know everyone's trying to explain to him that it's not that he, even though he says he has no powers and you know kate doesn't either that it's not about the powers and he kind of brushes him off and says i can i'm sorry and when teddy yeah. goes eli wait Kate even goes so far to say, though, that he's the only one that can lead this team, which is really big of her to say. I agree. But they just want they just want to help him out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's true. Like, for where everybody is right now. Yeah. So then Teddy, uh, right as he's telling Eli to wait, gets grabbed by a big noodle arm, which he assumes is Mr. Fantastic because somebody's gone and told Mr. Fantastic that Teddy was impersonating him, but it is not. It is it's, the Super Scroll. It's the Super Scroll who is got a big stretchy arm, a thing hand, human torch legs, and a scroll torso. So for those of you who don't know who the scroll are, um, which you might not, the scroll are a race of green humanoid aliens that kind of have like what would best be described as like giant elf ears like giant pointed ears and then their chins have like ridges and they all wear this like purple and outfit with black accents and like a black like thing that kind of wraps over the back of their head um where like humans hair would be and um so they're all the scroller race of shapeshifters that are like vaguely reptilian um, that live far out in space. They fight kind of like this eternal war with the Kree, who are another race of aliens that I'm not going to get into their backstory because, woof, boy, is that, that's the one. I'll get into it eventually, but not today. Mm-hmm. Today we just to get the scroll. It. Yep, yeah. I'll get there. But so, um, and the super scroll is kind of like the top commander of the scroll military. The scroll are a very militaristic race because yes. aliens are all... Pretty much all the Marvel aliens actually are very militaristic, which yes. is why they show up in the comics a lot, because they come to fight people. Mm-hmm. Like, even the Shi'ar are very, like, militaristic. Oh, I mean, the Shi'ar are basically a, like, it's the Roman Empire. Yeah. Like, that's basically Which a- the Kree also are. Uh, Marvel's not very creative. They're not super creative with their alien races, I'm afraid. So the Super Scroll is a uh, clerk, and he is the leader of the scroll military and he has all the powers of the fantastic four in addition to shapeshifting and scroll hypnosis so he has the fire from johnny storm he has the stone arm and strength from the thing he has invisibility from sue storm the invisible woman and force fields as well as uh, stretchy limbs from Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic. Yes, and he. Do we ever know, Mikey, why this? Why the Super Scroll have the superpowers of the of the superheroes? I think it's actually explained in Secret Empire, or not Secret Empire, uh, Secret Invasion, Secret Invasion. But as well, it's like they created this like technology to make the Super Scroll to be able to outstand. Mr. Fantastic. So I will read. So under the rule of Empire Doric the Seventh, uh, Clerk became the first Super Scroll. He was endowed with the powers of the Fantastic Four and sent to Earth in order to conquer it after the Fantastic Four thwarted their previous invasion attempt. 
With powers that were stronger than his foes, the Super Scroll was more than a match against the Fantastic Four. Their leader, Mr. Fantastic, deduced that Clerk's powers were artificial and beamed to him from the Scroll throne world. Reed then built a jamming device that cut off the Super Scroll's power source, and he was imprisoned inside a dormant volcano. Uh, seeking re- still seeking revenge against the Fantastic Four, Doric had his scientists boost the transmission signal, allowing the Super Scroll to break free. So it is entirely technology-based. It's not even, yeah. like, a mutation or engineering or anything like that. It's, like, a device that lets him do it. And I guess they beam it across space? Um, okay. Although I think eventually they do learn how to make this technology work without it being beamed through space and time. Okay. Well, thank you for that very knowledgeable uh, lesson about the Super Scroll. You are very welcome. But Clert is here, and he's here to take Teddy because... In the name of the Scroll Empire. In the name of the Scroll Empire. Oh my god, thank you. Thank you, Sailor Scroll. Oh, wow. Um, Sailor Scroll would be really good, also. (laughs) (laughs) But also, yes, to be very good. But uh, he's here to take Teddy, and he tells Teddy that he's got to come with him, and he refers to him as Hatchling. And Teddy's basically like, I hate to break it to you, but I'm not a squirrel. I'm a mutant. And he, like, breaks free and tries to fly away. He keeps it. Yeah, he keeps insisting. He does, like, a a hedgehog thing and, like, erupts spikes from his back to make the super scroll drop him and then erupts. Uh, and then grows wings out of his back for the first time as he's falling down to the ground. Um, which then the Super Scroll then encases him in a bubble. This um, little bubble is, like, the cutest, like, this yeah. is, like, a si- very silly. Like, like, Teddy's, like, in this, like, half-dragon form, because his wings are basically dragon wings. So yeah. he's, like, in this bubble, like, this giant green, like, dragon kid, and is like, let me out! <laughs> And, and Clark tells him that's what he's tells programmed him. to believe. Yeah. Sorry, I stole and your thunder gonna, there. It's okay that he's going to see the truth soon once he's been freed from his earthly distractions. AKA which of friends? Course means, which of course means friends because of course it means friends. Nobody can have emotions. <laughs> what are those? And Cassie tries to grab Clark and he burns her because he turns on, turns on, to, turns on into fire. Turns fire it happens who's got the hot hands it's cassie because she has a burning man (laughs) and she throws him which is funny yeah (laughs) like hot potato yeah and says that hurt oh and basically throws him down into the ground and he like hits the concrete real hard yeah in which eli makes the suggestion that maybe they should all run from this meanwhile uh Cassie, being the smart person that she also is, we've got a lot of smarties on this team. Um, of course we do. Billy's got kind of a smart mouth, and he and Teddy are superhero nerds, and then we learn that Cassie's also... I mean, it makes sense, because she grew up with the Avengers. Um, yeah. So Cassie tries to explain to Kate that Clark has all the powers of the Fantastic Four, but there's something that they're missing that he hasn't shown off yet, um, which is hypnosis as he grabs Billy and says your friend's will is mine to command <laughs> and Teddy of course says let him go and I'll go with you and Billy's everyone's blank screams. eyes are really distressing yeah I know it's very upsetting and everyone tells Teddy no and you know Clert 
I like your clerk voice. You can keep doing it. Thank you. <laughs> your time among humans has made you weak, young one. I'm telling you, I am human. Your shape-shifting abilities suggest otherwise. But I thought you were supposed to be the only scroll with super strength. You possess super strength? Well, I don't like to brag, but yeah. And Teddy punches him with a thing arm. <laughs> right <laughs> Which in the is totally face. just like for effect. Like he doesn't have It's to. very good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really good. You know, that was Billy's like, damn. And they're like, let's go, basically, because yeah, he just smashes smashed into him an office building. <laughs> yeah. And then Teddy says, oops, like he's really <laughs> broken up about it. He's not. No, not at all. And then everybody runs away. And it's probably the least. Can I do this like ending monologue, though? Yeah. <laughs> so we get super scroll to high command. The hatchling does possess impressive strength. Perhaps the rumors about his parentage are true. No matter. He shall not escape the super scroll. <laughs> or his destiny. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, that's some pretty uh, heavy foreshadowing we get about what's really going on with Teddy. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're fleeing through the subway and Eli you ducks know, into going... a train. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And he's like, I can't. And they're like, but, but Eli. And he's like, nope, bye. I can't. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I can't do this. Yeah. Right so now. he basically nopes out of there. And then everybody else goes probably to the worst place you could go when you're maybe on the run from an alien well, who wants okay. to try and capture before you. Before we get that, before we get there, uh, we see Eli walking up from the subway platform back onto the street. And Clert is there floating in the distance, all invisible-like. Invisible-like, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and important note before we move on. So the next panel... After Teddy busted wings out of his back, uh, his clothes were kind of in a shambles. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Billy has lent Teddy his hoodie so that he can be clothed, <laughs> which is the cutest fucking thing that I just. It's very like, good, and he's like his pants are in tatters. Like he's they're yeah. like like tattered into shorts now. It's very good small detail that I almost looked overlooked. Thank you for bringing it up. Yes, you're welcome. It is one of my favorite things about this arc. In an arc with a lot of favorite things. I love that Billy's like, here, you know what? You can't walk on the streets of New York City with a bare chest. My dear boyfriend, let me give you my hoodie. <laughs> yeah, and basically they're going to Teddy's house or like Teddy's apartment. And basically... Be like, hey, why don't you ask your mom about what? Well, the no, they're actually said. going to Billy's because oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Um, because they're trying to call Teddy's mom, and Teddy, you know what? Teddy has the smallest cell phone. I just realized it's like a cell phone for ants. It like <laughs> it's like a calculator. Yeah, it does. Looks like a calculator. It does okay. look like a well, calculator. they're headed to Billy's then because okay, then maybe they're not making as silly as a move as I thought. Yeah, well, that's because they specifically say, like, Billy's like, um, you can't go home. And Teddy's like, no, I need to go home. I need to go home and check on my mom. And Billy's like, no, that's where they're going to go look for you. Come, you know, come with me. Um, so. And, you know, they, you know, uh, Kate floats, you know, maybe your mom is a scroll. And Teddy says she sells real estate. She does Pilates. She's not a scroll, which you know, I'm, scroll could probably those, do those things too. Yeah, like we've seen that they're clearly like they can shape shift and they're very flexible. So 
I mean, not, not all of them are as flexible as the Super Scroll with his noodle arms, but, you know. Um, yeah. And so, then Teddy's dad, you know, died of cancer before he was born, which is another bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, but so. uh, his mom said that he was a good guy. And uh, Kate points out, like, okay, well, this is all well and good, but we need to formulate a plan here. And when they do end up going into Billy's house, Teddy's mom is actually already there. Yeah, and she says, you know, thank God you're all right. And Teddy's just kind of like, okay, I'm glad to see you, but what is going on? Mrs. Kaplan's got some tea. And then his mom asks a very mom question, which is, what happened to your clothes? <laughs> and then she's, she, she, like comes very close to him and says there's something that she has to tell him but can't before the wall gets knocked out of Millie's apartment by the super scroll. And he's got Eli. Of course, of course he has Eli. No more hiding, lad. Come with me and we shall restore the scroll empire to its former glory or your friend will die. And Eli looks very upset. He looks very like I mean, upset, he's like hypnotized. Oh, he's is like, he? Hi- yeah, the Super Scrolls like hypnosis eyes are glowing. He hypnotized Eli oh. to come with him. Okay, I got and it. Is like now. keeping him from struggling. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean that would. Well, no, because Eli says Teddy, don't listen to him. In the next panel, I mean, he could be fighting the Super Scrolls' influence. That's that's true. Eli's got a pretty strong will. Or maybe that's just I don't know his the his eyes are glowing so I don't know I don't know. Who he also knows? has a Jim Chung tiny face in this panel. <laughs> this next panel. I am the because super scroll a- and I'm very angry. <laughs> oh, Clert. Um, basically everyone needs to know what's going on right now, and Teddy becomes more resolute. And also, tells Billy him that finally he's not gets going. to tell. Billy finally gets to tell his mom that we're superheroes, and he's like, I meant to tell you, it's fine. Just, <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, but Teddy becomes more resolute and basically says, if you let Eli go, I'll come with you. And his mom is basically, no, you're not going to. Teddy, he says, it's okay, mom. Once he sees I'm not a scroll. And- but you are, hatchling. I will prove it by reverting you to your original form. And Teddy, there's a little, like, little robot ball bad orb a borb <laughs> bad orb yeah there's like a orb that like puts out this like glowing red light it's like and- the scanner from men in black yeah but like bad <laughs> but bad and everybody yells teddy and teddy's mom says no and when he's like i'm teddy, still he's fine. me <laughs> see i told you i'm not a scroll but Teddy's mom has a green face and pointy ears and the rich chin and blonde hair still. So Teddy's mom is totally a scroll. <laughs> Definitely a scroll. But, or is she? Because the female is not your mother. She is a traitor to her race. And Teddy's mom says, the Empress ordered me to protect him, even from the likes of you. And she busts out a laser gun. And yeah, she flirt. just keeps in her purse, you know, just yeah, like you do. And I actually really love that. Listen, the streets of New York can be dangerous and you need to protect yourself from <laughs> super scrolls that show up in your friend's apartment. And man, what happens next is... Yeah, it's... It's still very rough, like, many, many years later. Yeah. Um, just, you know, content warning for character death, I guess, because... Yeah. 
what happens is the Super Scroll unleashes a burst of flame at Teddy's mom. And she, uh, Billy is, starts immediately trying desperately to stop and put the flames out with his magic. Um, but he can't because she's gone. And as she lays there, like smoking, that was Teddy. It's interesting that they show like it's horrific. Like yeah, it's in very not gory because it's like fire, but like very much detail, like of of yeah. what happens to her. It's supposed to be focused on. Yeah, and it's a very interesting move because every it's so upsetting. Yeah, and Billy's holding his mom as she's crying because you know the. The Altmans and the Cap, like, their kids were close, so they got to be friends, and, you know, Kate's just, like, looming over this body. And, and this, in, in, in Billy's inability to stop this event is going to probably, is going to haunt him for a long time. Yeah. But that's not right now, because that is the end of issue number nine, and that is a hell of a way to end issue. <laughs> I mean, it's a hell of an ending, but... Yeah. Uh, not much to say about this next cover, honestly. Um, I know it's the we same s- thing. It's the same thing as yeah. The other it's course. like it's just another pose. Just this time, the vision's flying. Like also of note in these two covers, there's no like background. It's just a gradient. Um, like yeah. it's still painted because I can see like brush strokes and like smoke and stuff. But it's just it's still just like a splash of color. Um, and uh, all the only thing of note is like now Teddy's in the absolute background. And Kate's in the foreground. I like Kate's pose in this one. I don't know why she's standing on her tippy toes, but... Why not, I guess? I don't know. It's pretty hard to fire an arrow if you're standing on your tippy toes, isn't it? I think so. I, I'm, no, I don't do, I'm no professional, but I think you're probably right. <laughs> also, I don't um, think people stand like that, but okay. No, they absolutely do not. It's still really pretty, though. It's yeah. still something that you'd put on your wall if you wanted to. But we open with this issue with... Jarvis and the Vision. I guess Kid Vision. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna call They're him playing. Baby Vision because that would be a little bit too. No, far, I think. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say Vision. I don't even. Lil Viz. I think. Yes, Mikey. <laughs> there you go. Lil Viz. Well, anyway, he and Jarvis are playing chess and basically talking about how why you know why can't he go out with the Avengers? Basically. <laughs> But dad, I want to go out with the other superheroes. Jarvis is telling him that he's not ready yet, basically. He hasn't passed the test. And then he's like, but I did. And uh, Jarvis but I is did. like, he's basic. Jarvis right here is trying to make excuses for Tony Stark's actions, which is a position that, frankly, I don't think anyone ever wants to be put in. Jarvis is often in this position, um, which is unfortunate for him. You know what's He's weird? just trying to defend Tony here and, like, not letting this version of the Vision be a superhero. Jarvis and the Vision are in this, these panels together, and, like, Jarvis and the Vision are, like, one person in the MCU. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's no human Jarvis. That's true. They just... It's always been an AI, because they had yeah. this, they, I, I have to assume they had the whole Vision thing planned from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he yeah. is not, he's a very real man here, an older, like... I assume, like, I don't see him as being, like, British, but he's, like, a, you know, like, a gentleman in a tuxedo, which is, like, imagine, like, Ask Jeeves minus the British accent, and then you have Jarvis. Yes. Um, But they're, as soon as the Vision gets checkmate on their game, they are interrupted by 
the Young knock, Avengers knock. tapping um, on the glass to Avengers Tower. And Eli's tower. here! Eli's here and he's in costume because it's all hands on deck, my friends. Yep. And he feels bad, I assume, about Teddy. And Billy's got them on his little uh, floating uh, disc of blue light. Yeah, and like these kids are probably super traumatized because Teddy's mom was just basically murdered. Yeah, but Billy's also it's mom... like kick in the face, right? Like we got to go save our friend. Hooray! Yeah, they, yeah, they really do. Like it's like okay, let's go. Let's just hi, you know ho, let's go. Okay, I'm gonna wow. Now. Thanks. Um, thank you. Sorry, I was I'm trying not sure to. Which was one tr- of the Ramones started doing that? So I'm not. I can't tell you. I can't. <laughs> I was sorry. trying to do like it's also like a football game. That was what I was trying to do. But like, right. I don't know. I didn't quite get there. I was never in cheerleading for a reason. I was in color guard. Anyway, fun fact about <laughs> me. Anyway, Jarvis is like serving them all sodas while they're basically on a like, tray. Hey, on a tray, which basically they're like, hey. We're the Avengers because the Super Scroll is here and killed Teddy's mom and kidnapped Teddy and we need the Avengers because they're actually trying to be responsible and like get the Avengers to help. Yeah. Uh, Instead quick, of like, yes. I was going to say quick note in case anyone's curious and so this doesn't come up as a question later. Uh, Cassie is choosing an original Coca-Cola. Uh, Billy's trying to choose between a Diet Pepsi and what I assume is a... Barks, yeah, it's a well, that's yeah. not a Barks because that's silver. It's a Pepsi. A and W, it's everybody. Yeah, A and W, yeah. Um, so so that's the soda choices that we've got here. Yes, um, you know, in the time of crisis, Coca Cola Classic always. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're you know saying you know well the Avengers away are on are away on a mission. Jarvis tells them, and it's not that easy to get in touch with them. And excuses, excuses, right? Because really, come on. Again, he's and... put himself in the def- the position of defending Tony Stark. And now being a chaperone to four super-powered or super-ability teens. Yes. And the Vision's like, hey, I I can help. Yeah. I can can help. He's basically just like in every panel saying, I can help. I can help. (laughs) And someone acknowledges him. Eli says, Jarvis is right. There are only four of us. And then uh, Billy finally says five, including the Vision. And Vision's like, (laughs) someone remembered me. (laughs) And, and uh, since the Avengers are gone, Eli's like, well, it's not enough. We need more. The Vision's like, well, I could locate more and more Avengers, Eli says. And he says, no, more young Avengers. So they're going to use emoji. the Avengers failsafe program again to try and find more superpowered teams. Yeah, you know, because they're just floating around out there. Um, so, <laughs> I, well, this one, this one is. Uh, this one this... very much is. Would you like to tell us who it is, Charlie? I very much would. So the Vision... Op, you know, he gets goes through the fail safe and he finds Thomas Shepard, 16 years old, Springfield, New Jersey. And Eli asks what his specialty is. And according to the Avengers fail safe program, he's a speedster. And and Billy says very, I guess he's like not really like, he's like, okay. He's so not what's getting he it yet. Yeah. He's like, what's he going to do? Outrun the super scroll? And he tries to say who's he's next the, on okay, the Next list. one. Next one. <laughs> And the vision's like, Thomas can also use his speed to accelerate and destabilize atomic manner, it, matter. excuse me. And Billy's like, what does that mean? He's looking super indignant, which is actually I think, a love I think Billy's like having, I think Billy's having he's, a bad time right now. Yeah, no, he, he really he's, is. He's seeming really impatient and like, that's not like Billy. He's, it's not like him. It's not yeah. like him, no. He's, ha- he's, and he's very worried. His boyfriend's mom just got killed. His boyfriend is nowhere to be found. Yeah. 
They could be off planet by now, to be honest. Yeah, and so Kate just gently says it means that he can blow stuff up, and Billy kind of has this, like, really angry look on his face and just says, let's go get him. Yeah, because he means business. Yeah, which, that's his yeah, business no, that's, you, that Now that you mention that, that's exactly what's going on. And um, they're, like, they're, you know, ready to go. And basically, Cassie's like, are you going to come? And Division says, well... I really can't. <laughs> Basically, but Ma Jarvis well, said. Yeah. Well, it's it's Mr. It looks like Ma, but Ma It looks Jar- like Ma. I like Ma better. Because that implies <laughs> well, you that Division has a sense Ma? of humor. <laughs> that, like, that implies that Division has a sense of humor, which he really but doesn't. But you wouldn't abbreviate Ma. What is M-A listen, period mean? Like, listen, Master I'm of Arts? It, I'm gonna leave it there. This is what this I don't is my think Jarvis has a a master of arts degree. <laughs> he doesn't have his MA. Hush. Anyway, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um. Anyway, the vision and Cassie have a moment that suggests that she knows that he's kind of Iron Lad, but not. Yeah, she's kind of struggling herself because she's lost Iron Lad, and so Vision said, "Well, you know, would it help if I change my appearance?" And she goes, "Yeah, that does make things a little bit better." And they point out that. Jarvis said to keep an eye on them. So technically, if they leave, the Vision should still keep an eye on them and can do that by following them here. So they're kind of like, you know, finding clever ways around these things. Yeah. And the next time we see the kids, they have arrived at this juvenile detention center. Super that looks more juvie. like a Yeah, that looks more like a extreme federal prison yeah it's pretty and um kate says eli relax it's just juvie and eli goes just juvie and vision goes you wanted someone powerful to which eli replies i wanted a young avenger not a young master of evil (laughs) billy says why is thomas here which the vision replies that he accidentally vaporized his school which i would assume was everybody in it who knows i don't know we're going to leave that one on the table. Yeah, and Eli's kind of like, he's, you know, Eli has some very, he has some good, he has some fair doubts because he's like, how do you accidentally vaporize a school? Well, you know, when you have mutant powers. Yeah, that sometimes you just can't help, which I believe is what happened. We don't ever get any follow-up on this, so we can just And then they from- become cops. They're, yeah, they they're doing a use disguise. Billy's magic to, to become disguised, but... Well, Billy uses his magic to, as a disguise, and then the Vision uses his robot magic. Which is just, he changes his holographic projection of himself, is what you mean to say? Robot magic. Robot <laughs> magic. Um, but, and then they enter this juvenile detention center, which is very bad. Like, it just is, looks very bad. Hold on, but before that, Billy points out that Kate really does need a code name. And so we start this conversation up again because Eli goes, you really don't like Hawkingbird? And she's like, don't even start. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and we also learn that uh, Tommy's parents, Frank and Mary, are divorced um, because Billy's just grilling the vision about this Thomas Shepard character. And if he can't, if he can blow things up, why hasn't he escaped from here? And it's because his cell is equipped with a power dampener. But once the vision fries the security circuits, everything should return back to Boom, baby. normal. Yeah. And, and Thomas giant is here. explosion. 
Yeah, he's he's got a literally explosive entrance. Um, and this is the first time that we meet Tommy Shepard. And well, because he's not Thomas. Because Billy no. asks Thomas, and Tommy goes, "Tommy, who the hell are you?" <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Tommy's like Tommy. Uh, it's hard, but Tommy's like probably my favorite. Even He's above really Billy good. and Teddy. <laughs> He's really good. Um, and I'm so glad that we got here. <laughs> and Billy's like, his eyes are as wide as saucers. As Cassie points out that you guys look like you could be twins. And Tommy goes, and wait, I know you. You're the young Avengers. You're the shapeshifter, right? And then, so they kind of have like a yeah, whole and like. Billy's like, no, his boyfriend's. The sh- oh, that's Cassie. No, his boyfriend's yeah. the shapeshifter. He's the warlock. And Philly goes, which actually warlock means oathbreaker. It's not a nice word. And but he's been doing research on. Yes, yeah. he's been looking it up. But, he's been um, learning more about his magic stuff. And they're, you know, they're about to have a, you know, kind of a There's little bit. There's men more with like motorcycle helmets, like race. Yeah. No, they look like RoboCop. They've yeah, got they like are. RoboCop look- helmets and like laser assault rifles that show this up. Is not. Oh, this, and you know what I just noticed in yeah. between the panels here? It's got an alarm yeah. going off. Yeah. I just noticed that. Free, That's so cool. Free, like that. Yeah, thank um, you. You're um, welcome. I've some got my got the sound effects department on lock here. Yeah, and Cassie's like friends of yours and <laughs> Billy's it says any suggestion? And yeah, Tommy's got one. Just to stand back as he explodes them. Also, there's so not only are there like human robocops, but they're probably human. Who knows? There's also like androids. Yeah, these like mandroid, um, which are armed like, guards. Yeah, um, mandroids Guys, are I like this, robots. I don't really think this was a great. Like, I don't really think this was a. They've got literal. Yeah, they've got literal Mega Man arms. Um, it's not really because Tommy goes. This is going to be fun. And then has this whole monologue, which, oh my gosh, Tommy. I love it. Go for it. You want me to do it? Okay. I go for it, because I, cause in you're Tommy. I've always been Tommy. <laughs> so Tommy says, this is going to be fun. They've kept me locked up for months, testing me, probing me, trying to turn me into a living weapon. Well, congratulations, officers. It worked. Um, and so and, he blows you know, up the... Bill- he blows up the mantroids. But there's people well, inside. Um, and so Billy tries to rescue them because even though they're cops, he doesn't want to hurt people. And so Tommy's and- found, then speeds up to the doctors and says, one less test. Sorry, let me start that over. Tommy's sped up to the doctors and says, one last test, doctor, to find out how much I can accelerate your atomic structure before it explodes. And they are only saved because Kate comes in and says, down, boy. Young Avengers don't kill, except Iron Lad that one time. (laughs) (laughs) And she tackles Tommy to the ground. And Kate has a revelation and says, you look just like. And she was waiting outside. She didn't see him. And it's because he looks just like he looks just like Billy. And yeah, and he's got kind of like a yeah and he's got uh like tommy has like a smarmy expression on his face also this is also a thing i enjoy (laughs) yeah i like i like tommy and kate i like them yeah bouncing off one another like 
Yeah. It's very good. It, like, upsets the already, like, awkward dynamic of Kate and Eli yes. in a really good way. Um, Tommy, like, plays well, I think, off pretty much everyone on the team, which is probably why I like him so much. Yeah. I, before no, we... Tommy was what we were missing here. Yeah, I was going to say, like, before you recorded, you were telling me that, and I definitely 100% agree. Yeah, Tommy slots in on a better in a way that Iron Lad just didn't, and he's much more interesting and compelling, and he's the he doesn't have the same yeah. moral compass as everybody else. Yeah, and even here, like, when they're all, like, trying to figure out what to do, he's like, he just like, would someone tell me what the hell is going on? <laughs> because everybody just looks at Tommy and they said, hey, he looks just like... <laughs> and Eli says, you're being recruited. Yeah, because Billy's built them a bubble so they can talk. Yeah. And, you know, Billy explains that the Avengers Failsafe program, um, you know, basically found him and that they'll explain on the way. And Eli's got a little bit some reservations here because he says, Wiccan, wait, we didn't come here to free a superpower teenage terrorist. We're here to rescue a superhero. So what's it going to be? Which and he poses that question to Tommy. To be fair, is a little bit judgmental of Eli. It very much is. Considering, but also, but, but also like, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, that's, they're in a rough place. It should be noted, though, because uh, I don't think we've pointed it out. So Billy has uh, black hair. Or like black brown hair and brown eyes. Uh, Tommy has white hair and green eyes. Yes, like a green that might gray. Be, if you're keeping score, that yeah. might be. We'll, we'll throw up some some pictures, maybe eventually, maybe on the Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's like, I know we've been like lax on the visual like references, but it's honestly it's easier to put them up on Twitter than it is to like make a blog post of them. So oh, Tumblr's yeah, Tumblr's bad for that, but. Um, yeah, no, Billy, yeah, Billy and Tommy are identical twins. Look, at least they look like they're identical twins. But they are from different parents. They have different parents, but they also have very similar power sets to two other superheroes. Totally isn't anything. We'll leave it there for right now. But we actually, and uh, we will leave them there for right now. Yeah, because we're going back to wherever Teddy is. Clurt has, like, he's... taken him to a house in, like, I guess, like, upstate New York, because it's York? in, like, yeah, forest. <laughs> um, or maybe it's Jersey. Who knows? <laughs> and this house has, like, it's a normal house on the outside, but on the inside, it's, like, this scroll, like, mechanized hell with, like, a yes. giant screen that's got, like, static, and he's making a transmission uh, would you like me to read it out? I would. This is Clert, the Super Scroll, transmitting to all Scroll member worlds. I have recovered Dorek the Eighth. I repeat, Dorek the Eighth, the Emperor's heir, in my custody on Earth. If anyone can hear me, Super Scroll, I keep telling you, I'm not a Scroll. You are, my liege. I am certain of it. How? Because the year get... you, yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not some... actually going to read this whole. We thing. get some narration here. Yeah. And a story. Uh, long story short, um, the year that Teddy was born, um, the Skrull abducted a bunch of people and took them to the Emperor uh, to try to get his favor and also marry the Skrull princess, Anel. Let's just mention, because it is important that the people that he took were Quicksilver, Captain Marvel, so Marvel. 
the original Captain Marvel. Who is a Kree man and also an Avenger. And and basically that um, the Emperor was convinced that Clerk was there to usurp him and threw him in prison. Bye-bye. And bye. yeah, so, okay, I think the Skrull Emperor was a little... Yeah, the scroll or hinged, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, but the princess gave birth to a hatchling, only about a few months later. So, uh, yeah, because uh, the princess had, well, you know, whoever the hatchling's father was, meant that the infant had to be condemned to death. But then the prince's nurse uh, carried her, or carried the sorry, the princess nurse carried the baby away uh, to reunite him with his father. Um, so then Teddy goes, who was my father? And he doesn't really know what to believe anymore. And so, yeah. And he's like, I don't know what to believe anymore. And, um, you know, the super scroll tells him that, you know, we're going to reclaim the scroll throne world and it's going to be yours and we're going to do it together. And, Teddy's basically like, but even if you, you know, even if what you're telling me is true, I can't leave Earth. Yeah. So he calls him your highness, but then also his eyes start glowing to hypnotize Teddy. Yeah. But Mind then he's interrupted. Friends. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. But That's how you know. Another explosion. And it's Tommy. And Tommy goes, I knocked, but nobody answered. <laughs> Which is just like, if you've, if you've, if you've figured it out, Tommy's very good at the entrances and the yes. the one-liners. Oh man, he's just got really good one-liners. Like it's so ugh, yeah. It's no, he's good. really good. And uh, Clert is very surprised, and Teddy assumes looking at Tommy that it's Billy, and then t- Tommy's like, "Nope," and basically says, "Do we really look that much alike?" And you know, Billy's very excited that Teddy is here. So, so also he rushes forward. There, Teddy and, or sorry, um, Tommy and Billy are already acting like brothers, even though they don't really know each other yet. Because um, Billy goes, Tommy, stand back, and is like trying to attack the Super Scroll. And before Billy can do anything, Tommy just leaps forward and is like, don't worry, the Super Scroll situation is under control. control. But it's not really because he runs up and like even he though runs he runs right into the super scrolls force field with a bloody nose and then gets a bloody nose <laughs> and it's like he runs up and like is promptly like woof like throw you know like his momentum hits him and he is knocked back on his ass yeah and that leads the vision to step up and uh phase through the super scroll and like the vision is terrifying <laughs> It's really so like scary. yeah if the vision like puts his hand through your brain like i guess he can like stop the electrical impulses enough to like render you unconscious or like he can like basically put his hand his hand in your heart and like stop your vascular system from working it's no good but we do get a really sweet reuniting of billy and teddy with a really nice hug as everyone else looks on and smiles. Except for Tommy, who says, can we go now? I think a stupid force field broke my nose. And he's holding his nose. Is <laughs> honestly being pretty real with what he says next. Your people, your family, need you. And, you know, Teddy says, what family? My mother? Unfortunately, your mother was killed when Galactus consumed the Skrull throne world. What about my father? 
your father, and then he gets shot. By a laser gun. And someone and... says from off panel, it's all right, child. The Super Scroll will not harm you or anyone ever again. The Kree army protects its own. And you are one of us. Because the, the blue uh, Kree have showed up in their big stupid Kree helmets and with their rifles to take Teddy away. And that is how issue 10 ends. Yeah. With another cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. So for a bit if of you con- haven't had enough of them. <laughs> so I think Annihilation was before all of this, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we had to have been we had to have been introduced probably to the super. Oh, it had started, but it didn't finish. So Annihilation was a comic event in what's called Cosmic Marvel, which is everything to do in space. So in case you haven't figured out, um, Marvel more is more or less separated by the different kind of like areas. Like, we have the Avengers, you have, like, the Defenders, like, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and, like, the street-level guys that kind of do their own thing. And then you have the X-Men, who are in their own class, and then, you know, like, the international superheroes, um, and then, like, people that deal in, like, weird, like, extra-dimensional stuff. And then you have Cosmic Marvel, which is anything that's in space. So the Guardians of the Galaxy, any aliens, so on and so forth. So Cosmic... Um, Marvel had an event called Annihilation that ran from November 2005 to May 2007. And that is when the um, Skrull homeworld was annihilated by Galactus, the Eater of Worlds. Um, and the Scree, uh, the Skrull and the Kree <laughs> have been... <laughs> Shut up. I'm trying to I'm trying here. The scree. I like it. It's scree. good. It's actually um, very pertinent. Uh yeah. Um, so the scroll and the Kree have been kind of like fighting this war as the scrolls try to establish a new homeworld or like find a place where they can live. So Teddy and Teddy's right smack dab in the middle of it right now. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But no, this I Really like these two issues. Yeah. I really like Tommy. I'm super glad we finally got to him. He is finally a really great member of this team, and he finally completes the roster in a way it wasn't completed before. Yeah. I love him. Thomas, Thomas, yeah. Thomas. Thomas is so good. Um, but yeah, that um that's the end <laughs> of this episode, not the end of everything. If you like this video, like, comment, subscribe. No. Um, if you do like what we're doing here, please leave a review on your podcast viewer of choice. Um, Stitcher iTunes. or iTunes. Google Play does yeah, not have reviews. R- rate and review on iTunes. That's apparently what all the cool kids are doing. Um, but it could be cool apparently and review the majority of people don't actually use iTunes to listen to their podcast, which I don't believe. No, um, it's. A, I mean, it's very fair. Like, I'll, I know a lot of people just go even, like, directly to the podcast website and listen to it on there. Yeah, and a lot of you do that, too, which is awesome. Um, H- however yeah. you listen to our episode, we appreciate it. Thank so. you. Yeah, thank you very, very much. And it is uh, much appreciated. Um, if you would like to talk to us about anything, you can find us at Young Ones Cast on Twitter, where we post updates about what's going on. 
hopefully very soon at some point in the next couple weeks um we're gonna try and migrate away from tumblr and hopefully maybe get some real websites working (laughs) um for our articles that everett writes us and um just everything else that we want to try and do so um try and get some cool stuff happening for the new year which there are some things afoot so i will tell you that much um if you want to talk to me secrets if you'd like to talk with me in any way shape or form you can find me at genetic ghost where i yell a lot (laughs) i mean i don't really only when i'm very excited about something um but if you haven't and you want some cool things to check out uh, in the next month or so uh go read phoenix resurrection by matthew rosenberg with art by a bunch of other people um it's really cool it's got nothing to do with yeah it's got nothing to do with uh, teen superheroes really um Uh, i mean jean gray is technically a teen superhero at this point i mean yeah like the young time displaced jean gray but yeah this is this is jean gray that had died during grant morrison's new x-men run teen gray is still uh, teen teen jean is still in this book though isn't she nope Okay. Just if you want to find out what happened to Jean Grey, the teenager version, go read Dennis Hopeless's Jean Grey series, and number ten will knock your fucking socks off. So go do that. Um, but anyway, if you want to go read some cool books, a lot of cool X books are happening right now and in the new year. Um, and continue to do so for a while. But that's me. How about you, Mikey? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at quantum dot dot, uh, where I talk about a lot of things, including this past week, uh, some tabletop role playing game development stuff that I had done. That um, was actually for the D and D campaign that I run for Charlie and a couple of our friends. Um, so that was that was a fun time that we just finally wrapped up after like months and months and months. And so I posted the rules that I wrote for that um, and all of my like GM notes on my Twitter. So if that's the kind of thing that interests you, you can go check it out there. Um, as well as we mentioned it earlier, if you're interested in seeing more from the podcast and getting links to our editor, Everett Christensen's articles, um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Young Ones Cast. Or, as always, if you want to talk to us, you can do so there. Or you can email us at youngonescast at gmail.com. As Charlie mentioned, we also have a website, which is youngonescast.com, which is where you can find all of Everett's lovely articles and stuff uh, that's extras for the podcast and so on and so forth. Uh, We do have an outro that we were thinking about, but I don't know that we have one for this week. Do we, Charlie? We don't have any covers, do we? We have some on the backlog, but I have not looked at them yet. So we will start that. I mean, the whole point is that we look at them and try to determine which one's the best from the covers. That's true, but we've already gone over on time. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) So we'll start that next week. Yeah, we'll start asking for... Have it listened to our christmas episode um 
everybody quite enjoyed, you know, me trying to describe these two issues of a comic based on their covers to Mikey to decide which one was more, the best Christmas. I mean, we both kind issue. of did it to each other. Like we, we did, rated, we did, and we it rated was two a lot stories based entirely on their covers. So if you've and got comics covers that you would like us to rate against each other without having any idea of what they're about um, and try to get our explanation of what we think is going on, feel free to send us send them to us either via our email at youngonescast at gmail.com or tweet them to us at twitter.com slash youngonescast. Yeah, and that'll be real fun because everybody seemed to enjoy that quite a bit. And I was just having a having a goof. Yeah, I I like to like to have a little bit of a silly outro. So yeah, <laughs> especially when the comics get really really rough and in, uh, into some serious subject matter. So, but that's it for this episode. Yeah, next time we talk a little bit about we'll see a little bit more about uh what's going on with Teddy. We learn a little bit more about what's going on with Billy and uh, and a lot more about what's going on with Tommy. Maybe yeah, also that, but uh. And finally, the conclusion to this volume. So, yeah, you don't want to miss it. <laughs> tune in next week. <laughs> Do please tune in next week. Uh, yes. But other than that, thank you, everybody. Bye, everybody. And, Bye. and thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.